and welcome back to the Hidden World of Women podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. My name is Melanie, your hostess again, and today I have another wonderful woman who has kindly um, agreed to talk about uh, some of her um, experience with having a hysterectomy and her name is Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Mel. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on board and being happy to talk about this, uh, particularly this, um, you know, topic which I think many women, many women of all different ages uh, go through or are considering having a hysterectomy. So, uh, and I know that's been your experience, obviously. Um, Can I ask, like, how would you describe having a hysterectomy? What, What does that actually involve? What do they do? Well, um, I guess, like you say, lots of women go mm. through having, can, you know, go through having a hysterectomy. It mm. is quite a common procedure, apparently. Really? Yeah. Um, so they say, so people tell you when you're going through this, like, oh, it's a very common thing. Mm. Is that helpful um, or not to hear? I don't know, you know. And you kind of wonder, yeah, why is that? Mm. Anyway, mm. so, That's um, another question, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's lots of reasons why, uh, you know, women either have to have a hysterectomy or choose to have one. Yeah. Um, and the process, you know, so to speak, is mm-hmm. is a is for well for me. I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone. No, no, no. Just speak about yourself. That would be wonderful. Yeah, for yeah. me, it was um, the process went from you know the diagnosis to then. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with the diagnosis, mm. then waiting for um, deciding what you're going to do about sorry do about that diagnosis, and mm. then waiting for um, mm. you know to be actually uh, operated on, yeah. and then figuring out how you're going to um, you know recover from the operation, mm. and then I guess get your head around what your life is about now after having the operation. So yep. um, I've never been one to deal with things just on a very superficial level. <laughs> I've always, I don't know, for some reason things hit me hard. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, and I think I'm just, I think I'm just really aware of kind mm. of what my mind goes through, what my body goes through, mm. and processes, and so. Um, That's a good thing, I think. So yeah, I mean, for me, it was a, it was a, it was a big journey, mm-hmm. and uh, but one I can thankfully say, you know, I've come out the other end and I'm doing fine. You know? Yeah, so, so it was well worth uh, it. Yeah, um, but I know for um, a lot of women, um, there can be lots of other things that can go on um, Mm -hmm. in terms of having to deal with you know things like you know cancer Mm -hmm. um, you know especially if a a woman has to go through or needs to have a hysterectomy um, at a younger age when they haven't had children um, Mm -hmm. or you know wanted to have children Mm -hmm. with my story you know I never I never really well I never wanted to have children really Mm -hmm. Um, and I was 42 when I had the hysterectomy. So mm. um, that's, I'd say that's still youngish, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely had to process what that all meant in terms of me yep. not having had children then mm-hmm. sort of having the hysterectomy at that age where I still could potentially yep. have a child. Yeah. Because. Sure. Um but it, is, so, it sounds like it really uh, forced you to, you know, ask yourself, is it, do I definitely 100%, 100%, even though I know I don't want to have children, once this is gone, yes. <laughs> that's really, really it. Like, and that's, that's, still, that's still big, you know, even yes. if you're pretty sure you don't want kids, there's, you can't go back from hysterectomy. Yeah. You just can't, you know. Yes, yeah. Mm. And so that was definitely um, – well, I mean, yeah, it was very, very difficult at the time. Um, wow. And I'm not, you know, I can't really make light of that because that was such a mm. a huge sort of, um, uh, I guess, confrontation for me. Wow. Um, because at the time, actually, I was, I was with my, I'm not with my partner anymore, I was with my ex-partner. Mm-hmm. And um, 
at the time when I was diagnosed with, it was uterine fibroids. So I wasn't, it wasn't oh. cancerous, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but I had uterine fibroids, which is apparently quite, again, quite common for mm. women to get. Mm. Um, can, you, can you just describe what are, what are fibroids? What are uterine fibroids? I actually don't really know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're sort of um, mm. like growths yep, yep, yeah. that happen that, yep. in the uterus and around the uterus. That shouldn't yeah, be there, so really. Yeah, They shouldn't be there. They're sort of... Um, they, a lot of women can live with them, and I did live with them for quite a few years. I had small ones. Did you know you had small ones? Huh? Did you know really? that you had small? Did, yes, I, I did know that I had small ones. Yeah. Um, and I used to have very heavy periods. Ah. Um, so they were... Because of them, apparently, because they, um, mm-hmm. apparently they, they increase the, the math, the, sorry, the, the um, size of the uterus ah. lining. Yep. And so you've got a heap more extra mm. sort of blood and yep. uh, whatever it is that you lose when you're having your period. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I'm yeah. Not a no, 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 that's all right. So um, the lining of yeah. the uterus, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the lining of your uterus, yeah. yes. So it was larger, so I did have very heavy periods for years. And were they painful? Um. Not necessarily painful, but very draining. Yes. Very, very tiring. Um, and also just mm. very difficult to deal with, you know, because oh. you just sure. pretty, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds awful, but you no, just, no. It, it, it's just there the whole yep. time, the blood and the, and sometimes, you know, you can't even leave the house because of it. <gasps> oh, I couldn't wow. leave the house. You know, it was so, That's a so lot. heavy. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, you know, was, would that affect your iron levels and stuff like that it as well? Did, yeah, I had yeah. very low iron levels. Yeah. And I used to have to get um, iron injections Jeez. once a week. Once yeah. a week? Once a week, yes. I mean, that, that's significant, you know. That's, yes. Yeah. 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 Like the quality that? of your life is, is being yeah. impacted on. Yeah. 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 Um, mm. But then they grew to quite, quite sizable. Wow. Um, a couple of them were the size of passion fruits. Jeez. So it's quite quite large there, sort of causing a lot of pain eventually. Ah. Uh, um, yeah. And, um, mm. yeah, a lot of discomfort eventually and mm. pain. And so I ended up going along to see the doctor about it and then yeah. a referral to the gynecologist and, um, yeah. you know, having – you have a – um scans and yep. things like that done and mm. and then they they the, I found the doctor the gynecologist I went to see a couple of people and they were so helpful oh. um my experience obviously again some you know mm. um they sort of helped sort of talk you through mm-hmm. what the problem is what your options are mm-hmm. so there was the option to try and sort of cut the fibroids out but they didn't think that that was going to be successful mm. um, because they were so large right now I imagine um, that would that would be actually quite an invasive surgery really when you think about probably I don't you I know mean, they can do it they I mean they ended up doing the actual operation through keyhole surgery oh. and an incision so they mm-hmm. did a little bit through the keyhole surgery yep. but then the fibroids were so large that Oh so what, what they were planning on doing was um, going in there um, with the keyhole surgery mm. um, and then what they do is they cut them off and then drag them through the vagina so yeah. that they're not actually making an incision, like a larger incision as such to yes. get them out. Yep. But apparently mine were too big to, to go through that canal. Really? Um, Wow. So they had to make an incision and pull them out. And so it's like, um, oh my God. I guess you can liken it to maybe uh, a cesarean. <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. you have to I was thinking that. Wow. have an incision and they yeah. pull it out and, and that was it. Yeah. So they had to bring them out that way. So that, and they, so when this is when you had the hysterectomy? Or, yes. Yeah. Yep. So they, ha- yep. they couldn't, because I have heard that before with 
some hysterectomies they can just do it vaginally if it's just the yes. uterus i must you i'm now i'm thinking okay that would just be a u- uterus that doesn't it that isn't oversized with fibroids and and all those yeah. kinds of things and they probably can do that but i suppose the bigger it is that makes sense that the more they, yeah. they're going to have to yeah. go you know we can't do that you have to yeah so yeah. they went in with one plan to oh, yeah. to get it out vaginally because that's the most the less invasive way, I right. guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you know they don't have you know your vagina's there; they sure. don't have to cut anything. Just that's very handy. Go through that passage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because yeah, they were so large, they had to come out another way. Um, Was that a bit shocking? Which is for fine because you, you oh. know you're under anesthetic. Yeah. Oh yeah. And did they did they go through that with you to say, look, this is what we're going to try and do, but heads up, we don't know until we get in there. So that's, yeah, yeah, they yeah. talk you through all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things that was really bizarre, and the one of the, I mean, there was lots of things along the way that was quite, you know, confronting and uh, to get your head around. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the keyhole surgery, Mm -hmm. they wanted to go in through, oh, and I can't even talk about it. Um, my belly button. Yes. And I have a thing about my belly button. (laughs) I can't stand anyone touching it. I can't even stand looking at it. I've got this whole thing about belly buttons. (laughs) Yeah. And so when he told me that he was going to put the keyhole, you know, incision through the belly button, that freaked me out big time. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so I asked him if he could do it below or above or somewhere Just around somewhere. the belly button, but not actually. And he did. Oh. He did. Isn't that amazing? That is. I like mean, he was like, okay. Good. good. <laughs> I've That's... never had this request before. But... <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> unique, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So, but that's that's good to hear that your wishes were respected, you know. Yeah, and isn't it? it? You know, because I, I I often hear, you know, especially women when we go to doctors, uh, yeah. we can get shamed or yeah. uh, laughed at or ignored. There's so many different, and I suppose for men as well. But I don't know. Yeah. There seems to be something, particularly with gynecological stuff. You know, it's, yeah. it's so important to be heard and validated and whatever yeah. you want, whether that's you know an incision somewhere different or some other alternative yeah. thing. You know, it's. That's, I think that's the, that that really emphasizes for me the importance of um, finding a doctor or doctors that work with you, that listen to you. Mm. You know that there are choices that to go and get second yeah. opinion or find someone who I did that with when I had my son. I saw one, what is it, obstetrician, and I walked out going, never going back to see him. I no, yeah. I just and I thought there's no way in hell you were birthing my freaking baby, you know. And I'm so yeah. glad that I listened to that and didn't let myself get kind of. Yeah bullied into something different you know yeah yeah Mm. yeah yeah. absolutely I totally agree um Mm. and I think because you've got someone who's a doctor someone who's in authority that kind of thing or Mm -hmm. you know they they seem to know more well they would know more about your health situation obviously but Mm. um um but yeah to be able to kind of go oh could I have this or could I have you know and and have that respected was actually like you say, like really, um, really lovely, and um, and I think you know if you know if if you are a li- if if any of the listeners are mm. you know in that in this situation where you're having to get advice from doctors or discuss options and things like that, yeah. if you're not happy with who you've got, if you have a choice, of course, sure, um, it's a bit of a luxury seek, to have a choice. Seek but... out someone else who's going to give you that respect that you actually deserve. Of course. Um, because it is your body and you don't you want to know that you're in the right hands and Mm. and that things are going to be taken care of this man was lovely he was Mm. he was a younger man and I think maybe younger men I don't know if I'm generalizing (laughs) here but perhaps younger men are sort of um a little bit more less old school yeah sort of yeah you know in terms of their status and things like that as a doctor Mm. and yeah that makes sense if you yeah maybe I think it's hard to speak up when you're Mm. maybe a younger person as well or yeah no, I'd agree with that um, I mean, that power differential like you said can be yeah quite intimidating yeah. when they're the expert but I think it's so important for women, women to remember that w- we're the experts of our own body sure we might not have a medical degree or a, the understanding of that particular speciality but it's our bodies at the end of the day and we have the right to choose who we let do stuff to it or, or invade yeah. it, you know, that they're, they're, they're big decisions. And I, 
we can very easily, I think, get dis- disempowered, and we just dis- yeah. we we just assume, or we're just too frightened to speak up. You know, I think every woman's had that experience in many different areas of of life, but particularly when it comes to something like surgery, yeah, and removing something that is, you know, part of being female. We would we yes. would say, you know, that's yeah. core reproductive organ. There, that that's that's a big deal. Like, did mm. you? How was that f- for you? I guess psychologically. Yeah. What was that? Well, like? yeah, you're trusting them with your vagina, basically. I mean, Christ, you know, <laughs> you... Like, be careful with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, I don't mean to, you know, like for the listeners, uh, uh, it's, mm. you know, we can, I can laugh about these things now, and you know, uh, but these things are very serious. And at the time yeah. when you're going through this stuff, it's, it's, it can be, you know, it can be quite awful. So yeah. I hope the laughing doesn't. Um, yeah indicate the 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 that I'm not serious about this but mm, mm. I think joking and laughing obviously is quite um healing as well mm, in some. Mm, mm. but um yeah I sort of you know you this is yeah it's such a it's such an mm, you know this yeah. this thing your vagina your uterus this yep. this whole area yeah is kind of been something that's possibly for me anyway it's it's you know mm. it's your definite it's mm. defining isn't it as being um you know that you're a that you're a woman you're a female you're yep. um mm. or, or, well at least biologically yes you're sure. a woman yeah um yep. um mm. i mean gen gender um aside you know yes um, yeah, there's differences between gender and Yeah, and there's sex. different yeah. ways that you can identify as being and things like that. But I guess, yeah, biologically, and I'm, you know, I identify as a cis woman. So yep. um, for me, it was kind of, um, it was definitely confronting. I was like, mm. I think I had fallen for the idea that that this uterus, this capacity to have children and all of that kind of thing was uh, an integral part of of being a woman and I've heard this you know people other women as well who've experienced this kind of feeling of like well if I don't have this part of me then am Mm. I a woman Mm. still like I've heard that kind of thing what am I now that I don't yeah Yeah. I won't have this or I don't have this now Mm. um and um that that was really quite I didn't think that that I didn't I wasn't prepared for that part of it I don't think um and it made me cry it made Mm. me cry a lot I cried a lot um was there was that was that a grief kind of I think so I think so Mm. I think I I wept and wept for every day for I don't know six months or something yeah, and that, and that was unexpected. And, and I don't think that that's mm-hmm. probably uh, for anyone who's listening. You know, maybe that, you know, this yeah, is just my that was experience. Your, Hopefully, yeah. you know, if that does happen, then mm. perhaps it's just normal. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, or if it doesn't happen, that's normal. For Absolutely. You as well. <laughs> whatever is. Yeah, you know, I agree. Whatever is your experience is your experience. Um, do you, do you but think, I wept. Yeah. Oh, jeez. After so, after the surgery, you. No, this was before the surgery. Oh, wow. It was before the surgery, yeah. Jeez. After the surgery, I I, I kind of was, uh, I mean, that's a whole other thing, kind mm-hmm. of, then mm-hmm. you're kind of repairing sort of physically. Yes. For me anyway, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but before the surgery, so I had to wait a long time to get my surgery because I was in the, I was, um, I didn't have private health insurance. Right, um, yeah. So I think my waiting period was possibly about six to eight months. I'm mm, not sure. So, that's all. That's um, a while. But I, I think in that time, a lot went on in terms of, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like you say, grieving for mm, the fact that something was, <laughs> yeah, that something was going to, 
Mm-hmm. I felt like, yeah, something was going to be, this was going to be taken away from me. Mm-hmm. The chance of having a child is taken, even though I didn't want to, it's so weird. Like, yeah. There's this biological thing going on, you there know, is. sort of yeah. deep seated um, mm. thing is. about, well, I haven't had children. I'm definitely not going to be able to have children now. Yeah. Um, so I think it's is, when the choice. Sorry to interrupt. It's like the but when the choice is taken from you, because yeah. theoretically, if you still have it all there, and you're yeah. not, you you haven't passed menopause, technically you still can. And there's an empowerment, I think, in that. But when that's gone, mm. the choice is gone, and it's the lack of choice. Yeah. I think that really yeah. messes with us psychologically. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I remember saying that to people, whoever mm. I was talking to. Yeah um it's like it's not mm. I understand like that I need to have it but it's like having the choice to like I yeah. don't want children but it's having that yeah that yeah. choice taken away yeah. yeah yeah and and yeah I did have a partner at the time mm. and so mm-hmm. you know um even though he didn't want to have children <laughs> neither of us wanted to have children <laughs> but this still was this yeah this choice is being taken away now yeah um but also like the the identity of mm. uh you know what it means to have mm-hmm. a womb i think we're so, for, we're so women like as a woman mm-hmm. so um you have like an intimate relationship with your womb yeah. throughout your whole you, you know adult life yeah. you know i began having periods when i was 11 wow so you know you're very for me i was very um yeah connected to that whole monthly process Mm. um it's a place you know where you know things happen and you sort of you're connected to that and Mm. and it Mm. yeah so there was a lot going on to process Mm. um and that being the sort of this core feminine part like you were like mm. you were saying part of your identity and identifying Mm. as female and that's one of the defining i've heard that too with women who've had a mastectomy you know that mm. does that mean I'm not a woman anymore? Like all these questions come up and all these feelings, and yeah. it's not a simple just take it out or chop it off. It's like the yeah. meaning behind that is very yeah. layered and very deep. Yeah, mm. it it does go deep. Mm. It did for me. Mm. Um, wow. Whether it does for everyone, <laughs> not sure, but sure. it definitely did for me. Um, do do you think if you had less t- like that you said it was sort of a six to eight month wait do you do you think if you had less time that you would have had a different I don't know emotional reaction or if it was longer or you just that was the time that you had and that was just the emotional processing you were doing at the time mm. like I don't I mean I know you can't go back and change that but do you have any sort of I guess reflections on on that the time and the I definitely think the waiting period was mm. way too long mm. um, mm-hmm. because, I mean, for one thing, I was in a lot of pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. And then the other thing is that your my, my mind was, you know, taking me on all these oh. um, mm. fearful journeys yes. and, you know, like, um, yeah. so I think, would have been much better mm. to have been able to make that decision with the gynecologist and then then them say, well, how about we book you in next week then? Yeah. Or, you know, then just get it done and, yeah. you know, but yeah. you like, yeah, there's that whole like eight months of wow thinking about it. Yeah. And oh, that would do yeah, my head in. Come to think I think of it. that yeah. was definitely mm. not very helpful for me anyway yeah. but it's like your little your uterus is on kind of death row and everyone oh you're just kind god, of waiting i know <laughs> just like waiting oh my god just get it over with you know like that's ah, horrible sorry that's last meal <laughs> <laughs> jesus oh, i hope that wasn't such a brutal thing to say but i'm like that's what's wrong oh, to mind you're just kind of waiting so for this true. Oh, agonizing so true <laughs> so true and you're sitting there with it the whole time oh and you know what's coming and it's just kind of doing its thing and and you're like oh dear me that's full on yeah so true yeah absolutely um yeah oh it's such a shame that you know Mm. that Mm. that anyone has to wait for these yeah 
yeah, especially with the, the, the suffering. I mean, you're not having that surgery for no reason, obviously. There's, yeah. you, you know, the pain and the ongoing yeah. Yeah. heavy yeah. bleeding and stuff like that. I think it's hard for people if you don't have a womb and you don't bleed. It, it is hard to know what that's like to be quite debilitated yeah. by heavy periods or pain or wow. endometriosis, uh-huh. PCOS, any, any of those things. It's, y- y- your life can really live around that um, yes. Let alone the cycles. I, I, yeah, I, I, I totally understand what you mean. You know, being female, and the the, the way we live our our lives around our cycles, and you kind of ah. get familiar with that, and you, and, and yeah. in many ways, you know, really, and how different it must be. Do do you like? Do you still have? I don't know a sense of a cycle in you, or is that changed? Uh. I definitely well, I they, I kept my ovaries. Oh. I, I shouldn't say I kept my ovaries. <laughs> they left my ovaries. I wondered about that. <laughs> so they took your uterus um, and your fallopian tubes, your uterine tubes. Do you know? They're not sure. I guess they're in there floating around Lighting somewhere. Around, yeah. That was one of the things <laughs> I was worried about. I was like, where is all these things gonna live? Like, mm. where will the ovaries live? Yeah. Without the structure of the uterus. Yeah. Did they tell that you? Was, I was like, is there a gap? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that's <laughs> a fair question. This was a legitimate question. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah. Um, but I did ask my doctor. Good. <laughs> I was like, Where, what, what happens in there after this is gone? Yeah. Um, and he said that um, all your intestines and everything else that's in there kind of just all squishes up together mm-hmm. and you know the gap the small gap where the uterus was just kind of gets filled, yeah, filled in disappears kind of thing yeah because yeah. everything else kind of just moves around that makes sense and, and that... your bladder is not supported as much apparently ah so i do tend to mm-hmm. go to the toilet for a wee every hour or so now which mm-hmm. i never used to do in the past mm-hmm. so so it, yeah it was a supportive structure in in a way yes i mean and that it makes was a supportive structure makes sense you know that's how yeah. bodies are designed to have all these things and i i do believe the the ovaries are held up with it's i think they're called suspensory ligaments or something like that so they're sort of right. supported somewhere but they're also connected to the fallopian tubes and the uterus so they i think yeah. that's a fair that would go through my head as well i'd be like but wait yeah. is it just this where are all these things hanging now <laughs> you asked if i still have a sense of a cycle yes i did especially having your ovaries yeah vaguely i think vaguely mm. i think very sort of in the background right. not yeah not that conscious of it anymore yeah um definitely am going through menopause Mm -hmm. um and having um i have estrogen take estrogen each day Mm -hmm. Um, so sorry is that you're talking about now or that was a result of the hysterectomy or this is just a natural thing that you're now so apparently after you have a hysterectomy Mm -hmm. and you leave your ovaries in yeah it's the norm is that you start your menopause about two years after oh. the hysterectomy. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. If you have a full hysterectomy where they take your ovaries mm. as well, mm. apparently. I'm not a doctor, by the way, anyone sure. who's listening. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, then you just go straight into menopause. Mm. A surg- surgical yeah, menopause so. kind of thing. Where... But when you leave your ovaries, um, um, yeah. Yeah, it can take about two years before you start going into menopause. Unless you were already in menopause, I guess. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. When you had your operation. Then, of course, yeah. There's an, yeah. Then yeah. all of those rules go out the window, I guess. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, I do have a vague sense of a cycle, but not, mm. it's very distant. Mm-hmm. Nothing like it was before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how was the, the physical recovery from the surgery? Um, I think mm-hmm. for me, it, it really did. Um, I think it took quite a lot out of me physically mm-hmm. and energetically. Yep. Um, the first few weeks after the operation, 
um, you're advised strongly to um, to take it very easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no lifting, mm-hmm. no hanging out the washing, no mm-hmm. driving, mm. no sort of doing anything really, just really sort of allowing your body to rest. Yep. Um, but to kind of go for little short, brief walks, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. gently not pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had heard that a lot of, you know what women are like. <laughs> We yes. we have all these things that we have to do in our lives, yep. um, especially women that have children mm, um, mm. and um, mm. and husbands, and you know, or, you know, if I guess just juggling house, you know, all those things that people do. Mm. Um, I've heard a lot of horror stories that women can overdo it when they're in recovery, and then have relapses. And then really suffer from it. Um, wow. And so mm. it's really, really, really important to take the advice. Yeah. Um, and I thought, hmm, maybe once in my life I'm going to take <laughs> some advice. <laughs> and so I did. Oh, I, I, I thought, you know what, I don't want to. I've been yeah. through eight months of waiting for this operation. Yeah. I've now had the operation. Mm are recovering from the operation so I would like this to go as well as possible Mm -hmm. because I don't I just want to kind of recover now I sort of had that feeling in my mind Mm -hmm. um and so I took it I took like I really listened it's probably the only time actually in my whole life ever just thought no I've got to do this for me like yeah um, yeah rest after myself here and so I was very diligent with doing my little exercises and going Mm -hmm. out for very short walks and then increasing it a little bit every day, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the, in the hospital, they gave me, Mm -hmm. you see a physiotherapist and they give you lots of advice and um, the doctor gives you advice and the nurses give you advice. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I took it all on. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to look after myself during this period of time mm. um mm. one of the things that I did do which I regret was um mm-hmm. I binge watched a lot of tv um <laughs> yeah. during that recovery time and I sort of got out of an of a, a healthy sleep oh sort of routine um so yeah. I think because I was resting so much mm. Um, and then maybe sleeping through the day and then I'd be up late at night and mm. then some nights I wouldn't go to bed till two or three in the morning Yeah, and then I'd be like watching TV like late oh. at night and I think that that was really unhealthy for me mm. for my mind mm. um, mm-hmm. so going back I wouldn't do that now I'd be I'd try and maybe yeah. um, mm-hmm. watch my sleep hygiene as well (laughs) um yeah that makes sense because I don't think that that was really that good for my mind yeah as in I think I sort of maybe I got a little bit um just a little maybe a little bit depressed or something Mm, mm. um just because you kind of you know you're sort of ill you feel ill I felt ill still you know kind of recovering from the operation yeah um, so definitely wouldn't do that. I think sleep hygiene is very important. Um, mm. You know, having a good sort of routine around that and yeah, r- rituals and yeah, yep. Um, limiting how much time you watch TV. Yeah, and the daytime yeah. napping. If you don't need that or don't need a lot of it, because I, I know yeah. for me, if I nap too much during the day, then I definitely can't sleep at night I'll start later and later and then you just start on this vicious cycle and suddenly it's 2am and you're still watching Netflix and you're like oh shit yeah 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 just like a teenager and I wonder if you know people you know during you know it's 2020 and Mm. this whole you know this whole year has probably been perfect for doing that kind of thing (laughs) yep um you know people are yeah suffering in that sense and yeah um, for sure yeah but you know we have to do what we can to mm. to get through sometimes mm. and maybe that's all I needed at that time I'm not sure but it I think looking back it didn't seem very healthy now you mm. know so 
what what um and I, I guess looking back, what was healthy, what was useful for you? So the the lots of resting, like li- honestly taking the advice, the yeah. medical advice. Um, too much TV was not good. Like what else was good, helpful, or what else do you wish you'd done? Or yeah, yeah. So helpful. Um. What was really helpful, it, I guess, you know how we were talking a little bit earlier about mm-hmm. um, the, the, you know, being confronted with the fact of losing this part of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, what was really helpful was um, I did some meditation mm-hmm. on, um, on the... Um, mm. On the sort of the nature of um the body basically yeah yeah and um so basically what I did was I just kind of went into my mind and mm. and just thought about what actually is a uterus yeah <laughs> like yeah, yeah regardless of any meaning that you know society puts on it or anything like that yeah. as in more so like what is the uterus mm really Mm. like and so I explored that with my mind and I Mm. and I sort of kind of just was thinking things like well it is um it is just like lots of cells and it's Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. it's kind of got this structure but if you pull all that apart um it's kind of just lots of bits of cells yep um yeah yeah and I kind of got my head a lot around the fact that Mm. yeah that that's all it was Mm. that I that the the things that I'd attributed to it Mm. like you know the the fact that it made me a woman or it made me this or it Mm. was Mm. um or that it was going that it defined me in any sense or um I found that really helpful because then I was like well really at the end of the day it's just (laughs) a piece of (laughs) stuff like with all these yucky fibroids on it and like god get out yeah Yeah, I don't really need it and yep so I I mean Ah, it took me a long time to get to that stage right yeah where I could just go yeah it's just uh it, that's all it is. Yeah. And yeah. that's just my experience, obviously. Um, but that that sounds like a completely different place to be than where you were, you know, six yeah. months before the surgery, you know, and, and, yes. and very emotional and grief stricken. And yeah, it, it's interesting. You sort of, it sounds like you're talking about the, the different meanings you attributed to it. Mm. Or, and I suppose we could all do that with any kind of body part or yeah. any, anything in our lives, really. It's yeah. the meaning we make of it. That is, yeah. is almost separate from what it actually is, particularly if yeah. you go down to that quantum level or something. You know, it's yes, a bunch yes, of cells yes. knitted together Just a, a certain way and, eh, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. And I think also contemplating who you are as a person, mm. not who you define by by your body parts. Or, mm. um, so there was a lot of work done I guess I, I did have a counsellor as well I oh, went yeah. to um had a, a an amazing counsellor who mm. helped me you know unpack mm. these things as well so you know you should never feel like uh you have to go through these things alone if you don't have you know um other supports around you and and, and that sure. you're struggling with trying to deal with anything then going to see a counsellor is um Mm. oh hugely beneficial Mm. she was amazing Mm. and she just let me cry and she let me um you know work these things out and Mm. work them through um Mm. and yeah like we're I think I did eventually yeah well came to the understanding that there's there's actually a lot more to me than anybody any of my body parts like you know yeah um yeah sort of I I I think I started to identify more with um myself as um 
like as a as an uh, this is going to sound a bit wacky but more as an energy like a yeah, yeah. Uh, a mm. being mm-hmm. a human being not not a woman not a man not a yeah. not a womb not any of that just a just a living being you know yeah. sort of that can live yeah you know however and that's it yeah i'm living i'm breathing yep and that's really all that that really matters in the end that's that was mm. where I kind of got to I guess wow. um and that um and that really that little piece of <laughs> flesh was not gonna define absolutely me, you know or, or um, de- define you as a as a human or as a woman but even separating yourself out from those l- labels but also the biology to an extent yeah. but seeing beyond all of that to yeah. you as a core, as your core as a person. Yeah. 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 Wow, what a process. Yeah, That's uh, yeah. An en- an energy an being. En- yes. <laughs> <laughs> well we all are energy beings. But I am <laughs> <laughs> But it sounds like that was quite a that was kind of you know, mm, I think that can be challenging, I think, for people and you perhaps wouldn't like I probably wouldn't have even considered that had I not say had this conversation with you and heard you kind of go on that um, journey uh, of uh, which sounded like helpful ultimately of kind of thinking about yourself in a different way you know beyond and I think I, I think that's what happens when we go through certain experiences in our lives and you know often it's the the big ones whether they're particularly difficult or painful or incredibly you know ecstatic that kind of reconfigure us they challenge us to go you know mm. wait a second like you, you have to make meaning in a completely different way mm. sometimes or it's an invitation to do that you don't have to do that of course but yeah, it sounds yeah, like yeah. for you this is where you went with it and it, it's yeah. in fact opened you up perhaps to more about yourself is that yeah has that been the case yeah absolutely mm. absolutely I mean it's it's led to it's led to a whole mm. new way of living, I guess. Wow. Without even really recognising that it came from the fact that I had a hysterectomy. But, sure, sure. Um, yeah, like I, I, I think it, it definitely put me on a, on a new tra- trajectory mm-hmm. um, in mm. terms of how I think about my life or my body mm-hmm. or... Um, or who I am as a person or mm. what I want from life or mm. who I how I can I guess um yeah like live in the world or, mm. Um, mm. so mm. lots come from it definitely mm. yeah mm. and I wanted to say just in case I forget like mm-hmm. I think when when I first heard it, heard that I needed a hysterectomy and I had the hysterectomy, it was also, you know, like I've explained earlier, it was also mm. confronting and um, almost like um, almost like something was coming to an end. And of course it was. And yeah. But then um, life after having the hysterectomy, and you hear this a lot from different women, mm-hmm. um, and, I, on, and honestly it does depend a lot on, Mm. circumstances obviously um not all women hashtag yeah (laughs) yeah um but um it is actually quite liberating Mm. to to not have that thing um defining you anymore or um getting in the way of life or yeah um of course um for women that have maybe Mm. that have have cancer and having chemotherapy after their hysterectomy or Mm. or who have not been able to have children who desperately wanted to have children Mm. this may sound like the Mm. worst thing that I could possibly say but for me and maybe other women Mm -hmm. um Mm. yeah very liberating Mm. in terms of Mm -hmm. um being able to kind of just move around without blood coming out (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) sexually liberating Mm. being able to um have sex with Mm. your partner without you know worrying about having yep you know getting pregnant you know there's very liberating for him 
mm. also very liberating. Did, did um, I sex was sex life yes. not being affected? Sorry. Oh, not being. Yes, I was going to ask that. Did it affect yeah. your your sex life or anything to do with your vagina or lubrication or libido? Anything like that? Was it? Um, I hmm. I think possibly. Hmm. There's definitely um, lubrication issues. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's so much on the market to yeah. deal with all of that. Yeah. Yep. So you just have to speak to your doctor. Yep. Um, who knows about someone who obviously knows about all that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much out there. You know, you should never have to worry about. Yeah. That kind of thing. That's there's so, so many amazing products, um, mm-hmm. and also, yeah, sort of. Um, hormone replacement mm. pills and mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. uh, and obviously communication with your partner about what you need yeah um is very important um mm. where was i what was i talking about um, um libido like or yeah libido a little bit maybe but that might have been just been recovering from a big surgery, you know. Yeah, and, and also getting older as well, maybe. Yeah, or, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so, you know, but definitely not nothing mm. too drastic. Mm. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's been fine. Um, mm. Nothing structurally, yep. nothing. All works perfectly well. Wow. All amazingly working well. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, like I said, very liberating because you yeah. don't have to worry about getting pregnant anymore. That's it. You don't have to worry about periods. Um, what type of damn contraception you're going to go on. Yes, contraception. That, you know, that we're, uh, re- that we're really bound by as women. I mean, it's fantastic. Like I, I'm so grateful that to be alive now and that we have options for contraception so we don't <gasps> have to keep having babies when we don't want to. At the same time, we're still... You know, that it's still a heavy burden, I think. Yeah. 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 It's a big responsibility, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Very big. And all those times when, you know, you think, oh, my gosh, I think I'm pregnant and yep. then you're not. And then mm. <laughs> just like it's, all those worrying times. If, yeah. If, yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's been um, mm. a massive journey. Like, um mm. But one, you know, that I guess you need to, nav- I guess for anyone who's listening, mm-hmm. it's it's a journey that you kind of need to navigate one step at a time yeah. um, and with respect to your own um, body, your own needs, your own thoughts, mm-hmm. your own mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is that you need for support. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to think about what you need in terms of support. I, I actually put in... Uh, I got in touch with I think four of my close friends and um, I had like a little Facebook (laughs) group um, while I was actually going into hospital and having the operation Mm -hmm. because I just said to them look I just want someone to Mm -hmm. I just want you guys to be there Mm -hmm. um, when I'm going in and when I'm coming out Mm -hmm. and just so that I can let you know and we can chat yeah. Um, yeah. When you know, just so that I'm not alone doing this, even mm. though I had a partner, I mm. just felt like I needed my girlfriends there with mm. me as well. Is that interesting? Other females, you know, and yeah, this is like female <laughs> kind of surgery. That's yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so they were just adorable team. and lovely oh. and kind and caring. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was really important. And so I think I don't think I would have ever done that previously it was really an important thing for me to kind of go right what do I actually need Mm. um without um I'm very I'm a very independent person Mm -hmm. and I guess I've done a lot on my own in the past and but at this in this particular instance this particular thing in my life I just felt like I needed Mm. some extra support and um and it's okay to ask for it and people are actually really yeah yeah if you're worried about asking for support then don't be because people actually really like helping other people mm, they do. <laughs> um mm. 
And I think it's I would it's, do it for them, and they yeah, do it for me. It's yeah. it's useful too, because I think often you hear, you know, if something happens for someone, and you go, you know, I'm here for you, just give me a call. But I think it's often difficult when you're in that position to actually make that call. And but when you explicitly say, "Can you do this for me?" or on the flip side, "I'm going to do, I'm going to bake this for you," or "I'm going to come clean the house," you're like, we have to be, we have to be actually quite upfront with these things to say this is what I need or this is actually how I can offer you help you know rather than these kind of vague things or I shouldn't or it's too hard or whatever kind of comes those blocks that kind of come up around that but I I really love hearing that um, from you that you had to get very clear about what you what you needed and who you needed around you to help you recover and heal you know properly yeah yeah otherwise it's it's too bleak being in it all on your own Mm. For me, it was. Yeah. It was like I can't just do this on my own. Mm. I needed, I needed, um, mm. I needed support. Mm. And like I said, it's okay to ask for support. Um, and like you said, like you said, like mm. actually have something that you actually want them to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, it was like I'm thinking about setting up this Facebook group so that. I can inter- I can let you know how my operation is going, and what I'd really like is that um, you guys can be there and mm-hmm. give me you know support at yep. that time and and like my little cheer squad yes. almost. Yeah, like. yeah, yes. And so they true. were so happy to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when it was all over, I actually yeah took took them out for breakfast. Oh. And um, mm. yeah, and like. And just to thank them, you know, mm, that, yeah, mm, that mm. they were there for me. And, um, oh, what a gift. yeah, that was, mm. yeah, so it was quite a special bonding mm. time, you know, like I think mm. we might need those kinds of experiences with our girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's certainly through those tough times, uh, particularly w- woman-y kind of things, you know, surgeries yeah. like this or having yeah. a baby or having a miscarriage or having a termination yeah. or, you know, yeah. a lump out of your breast or something. It's, you know, it's fantastic that we have men in our lives and they have absolutely have such a, a role. However, there's something unique, I think, for women supporting other women. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. There's, there's a different, I don't know, flavour to that or something. And they do, we do want to be there for, and that's what we should be doing. We should be cheering each other on and being cheer yeah. squads instead of, bitching and I don't know complaining and fighting with each other I don't you know like yeah. it's just so petty there's so yeah. much more power in women coming together you know yeah there is there is I think I think it's easy to lose that and um mm-hmm. and just to try and you know kind of do everything on your own or yes or to, or to have the expectation of your like a male partner yeah um mm-hmm. if you have a male partner and for a woman to have that expectation that their male partner is going to provide all of this. Mm. Um, you've got to be really um, real about your expectations mm. um, and be really clear mm. f- about what it is that you need mm. and, and want from them as well. Because um, they don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. They're not mind readers. Of course and, not. And it, that, it might be too much for one person. Rega- yeah. regardless of male or female who, who whoever they are in your life you yeah. know that, that can be it can be a lot partner. yeah for one they might be having their own um yes process through that yeah feelings around what's happening as well like absolutely you know like what's happening to my partner here um because mm. she's actually losing her womb mm. like or getting like not losing it but having a hysterectomy mm. what that means for them yeah um, there's actually a um, a website mm-hmm. that I wanted to mention oh, in great. this podcast, um, and it's called mm-hmm. Hister Sisters, yeah. and it's spelled H-Y-S-T-E-R-S-I-S-T-E-R-S, Hister Sisters, yeah. But they also have a section on that website called Mr. Sisters. Oh. I'm, I'm writing. Um, I'm writing this down. I'll put it in the little show notes for people. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Sisters. I'll send you the link so oh, you can you. put it in. Yeah. Um, and that particular Mr. Sisters thing is for um the section of the website. There's for for men who are supporting their their female partners mm-hmm. um through hysterectomy, mm. and it gives them 
some advice on what to do, what not to do, yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Which and I'm I think sh- that's probably quite useful. I think it is because I think that otherwise be flying blind. You know, they might come to the yeah. odd doctor's appointment or not, and yeah, don't, and, yeah, and might be. I think I think that'd be uh quite scared you know how do how do I help her and is she delicate now or what's happening with her emotions or or you know and not knowing what to say yeah. or what to do so to get to get that support and experience from other men I think you've been through that you know and just to talk through yeah. that oh my god this is happening and, and that was yeah. or to say that that was scary you know that was scary for me I worried about her I worried about you know yeah like, just yeah. so important to have yeah, that space absolutely yeah mm. Um, I, I would recommend, yeah, definitely including them in mm-hmm. as much as they're comfortable about being included in. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they have worries that they're, they're never going to be able to have sex with you again yeah, and things like sure. that, you know, that they're probably not able to articulate. Yeah. Um, yep. depends on your relationship, of course, but, mm. um, Mm. yeah I mean I was worried about that too I was like mm. what is this going to mean for yeah. being able to have sex and you know yeah. and all, Did- yeah so um mm-hmm. but the Hista sister website for anyone who yeah. um doesn't know about that website is 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 a is a is an excellent resource yeah. um I definitely utilized it um quite a lot um mm-hmm. to find out you know what to expect and mm, mm. there's a really good um there's a really good section which kind of helps you know what to take to hospital oh, um yeah to prepare for your time in hospital yep and uh I would never have thought of half of these things <laughs> but I took the list and I went and I got all the things that they recommended yeah and uh yep I needed every single one of those things oh and my god so, wow yeah yeah um and the great thing about um, having a hysterectomy <laughs> is you get to wear big cotton knickers. <laughs> Super comfy. <laughs> Very comfortable. <laughs> so um, nice. that's one thing I haven't let go of. <laughs> like, Fair enough. You think you've had the right. <laughs> yeah. from bonds. Uh, <laughs> mental uh, note. So, yeah. So, yeah, the list of things to get on. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, like get yourself a get buy treat yourself if you can. Mm. Buy yourself a nice new um, dressing gown, robe to go to hospital. And yeah, some new slippers and some new knickers and oh. you know those um, those little bra things that don't have the underwire in. Mm. They're sort of like um, like a crop. You can get them made something. out of really nice bamboo. Um, oh yeah yeah and they don't have the underwire in they're just a gentle support yep. and it's just the kind of thing that you can put on underneath your nightgown or whatever it is that you're wearing in hospital mm. and it just means that you're a lot more comfortable yep. in the bed because you do have to lie there for a couple of days yeah and bras are oh don't they're so yeah. confining and restrictive and mm. um but these little like they're like a little crop top almost mm. yeah yeah like I know them to the lining of your boots J- just a little bit of support and you, so you still feel like it's not all hanging out and yeah, I suppose, yeah yeah I suppose in hospital too you still want to have a, a little bit of dignity you know kind yes. of thing and comfort but comfort as well so that yeah that's yeah. yeah I probably wouldn't have thought of that myself <laughs> just rock exactly up and... you don't want to be sitting there <laughs> yeah hang like you said hanging out <laughs> And then yeah. you don't want to be trying to sleep in a bra yes. or, you know, trying to rest in a bra. Yeah. So no. These things are amazing. And yeah. they're on the list. Ah. They're on the list. Yeah. And I was like, yep, going to get some of those. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. And, yeah. Yep. But, yeah. So if any of your okay. listeners are due to go into hospital or mm. have a hysterectomy, have, check out that website and mm. get shopping. Awesome. Get shopping. Yeah. That's great. That's great. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of the, you know, when you go to hospital, have a baby or something and they, you know, there's all these different lists. But it's, and some of them I think have got good stuff and others is just, I don't know, frivolous kind of stuff. But what you really need is these practical, legitimate things that you are going to, you know, like maternity pads and like these huge surfboards kind of thing that you wear (laughs) and your knickers that you're like, uh, or breast pads and stuff like that and if it's your first baby or first time in hospital or whatever you would never think 
of these things. So that's fantastic to hear. Yeah. They've already thought of that for you. And it, I think I imagine that just decreases the stress, you know. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. okay, I've got an action yeah. plan. I'm going to go in there and yeah. get my knickers it's, and my crop top yeah. and <laughs> yeah. my dressing it's gown. It's something you can control. That's um, it. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, yeah, it gets you prepared physically and possibly a little bit mentally as well. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this is um, – this is happening and yeah these are this is my new dressing gown yeah <laughs> this is my new robe <laughs> and uh, i i enjoyed what because you had to like walk around the mm-hmm. ward mm. every every day like six times a day oh just yeah to kind of like get you up and going you know, get yourself going again and stuff and yeah. um yeah so you need a nice dressing gown for that oh shit yeah and <laughs> make sure you get one that's appropriate for the time of year you're going into hospital oh so, my god yeah yeah all these things often too um hospitals are quite cool you know the the, the air conditioning Ah, is it cool yeah and yeah always need to kind of lie i'm always conscious of that if i'm visiting someone i'm like damn it's kind of cool Uh cool in here but um ah yeah socks or yeah those kinds of little things otherwise you should end up texting someone oh can you bring this and i haven't got that and and yeah and i think that that can well like i said before i mean that with the stress but that can just kind of add to your stress or feel a bit agitated or I don't even have these necessities and you're already out of your comfort zone, you know, yes. and it's really vulnerable really when you're in hospital. Yeah. So any yeah. that makes so much sense to anything that, you, that you've that you got yeah. and you've got all your little kit there ah, and you can just, yeah. let's just yeah. get on with it now. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Like your phone charger. Imagine forgetting oh, that. God, no. That would stress <laughs> me out. I'd be like texting, my phone's going to die. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's a real thing. In 2020, that's really important. Yeah. That's your main communication method I to the know. outside world. Like, shit, we're not talking about going on YouTube. We're talking about connect. Well, like you said, with your little Facebook group, you know, without that. Yeah, you yeah would, exactly. You know, that would have yeah. not gone well for you but have gone well That's yeah right. yeah a little cheer squad yeah mm. and make friends with all the staff like um, ah, yeah, yeah there's so many lovely people that kind of work in hospitals yeah. and I think it's I don't know it's I guess it depends on you as a person but like I I was just so grateful that you know people would come in and give you cups of tea mm. and mm. little sandwiches and yeah um yeah. Or, you know, just come in and check on you or whatever. Mm. I was just always so happy to mm. see them and say hi and see how their day was going and yeah, yeah, things like that. Sure. I think it's good to keep that mind of gratitude because mm-hmm. um, mm. it is hard what you're going through, but I think it helps to mm. to sort of, um, yeah, for me anyway, it helped me kind of mm-hmm. – not feel sorry for myself and you know like kind of oh yeah. there's other people around and it was yeah. actually I really enjoyed staying in hospital to be honest yeah, a bit of oh, a- it was a nice rest <laughs> <laughs> everything gets so brought what- to you you're like it's all right <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to leave <laughs> I was like oh, I'm funny. getting three meals a day yeah. here you don't have to cook <laughs> like it's like <laughs> don't have to cook <laughs> it was uh just waltz around in my in my dressing gown. <laughs> Pretty nice. <laughs> there's there's always there's always a silver lining, right? Absolutely, and I think in hospital too, you, you can be damn sure there's always someone sicker than you. You know, so yeah. in terms of gratitude and even perspective, oh. really. And and yeah. I and I guess even too, if I guess psychologically, if a woman is in that place, to kind of be grateful that she can have this surgery and and, yeah. and change her quality of life and all these things, yeah. um, which perhaps many women throughout the world would not have the opportunity to do I, that and, and would have to live with that for a long time. I would. I know. Phew. I know. Mm. All these things. I know. I was, yeah, mm. so grateful, mm. like, that mm. I was able to have that surgery. Yeah. Um, and I did think about things like that. You know, imagine, yeah. imagine being someone who – lives in the slums in India yep. and this is your problem. You've got these massive fibroids mm. and you, you're just in pain the whole time mm. and mm. you're just bleeding out every, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you wouldn't have that kind of care. No. You wouldn't have that opportunity. And, mm. Yeah, mm. so being grateful for what we have here is, yeah, definitely um, very helpful yeah. to, I guess, yeah, to the whole issue yep yeah 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 very grateful even though I had to wait eight months 
yep. still very grateful yeah. that I eventually got yeah. the best care. Wow. Very yeah, I was so fortunate. I mean, it's not always like that, I'm sure, but um, mm. I was very fortunate in that sense mm. Um, mm. that everything went well. Yep. The operation went well. The staff were amazing. Yeah. It was well cared for. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing your experience. I think we will finish on that really positive note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. You're welcome. Thanks, Lisa. of women the podcast brought to you by women's health and well-being services you can find us on facebook instagram and youtube by looking up women's health and well-being services you can also find us at our website www.whws.org.au bye